Welcome to Campfire Football. I'm Sebastian North. This is episode 132. And yes, it has been a while. I have the soccer subs on. I have Christian and Ronnie on to talk a little bit about the MLS, about their show, the growth of their show, the growth of the game in this country as the MLS Apple deal kicks off. But also, it's uh, yeah, it's been a while. I know that uh, I'm not releasing as many podcast episodes. As I've said in previous episodes, a lot of my time is being dedicated towards making videos. So if you want to see those, they're on Instagram, they're on YouTube, Campfire Football there as well. I like doing this podcast with guests. It's a lot more fun to have conversations than to just do little monologues. So enjoy another episode like that. All right, the soccer subs are back. Well... Two of them. The two main ones, the two guys that really, really kick-started the show. Christian and Ronnie, welcome back. Welcome back to Campfire Football. It's great to have uh, you. Sebastian. Say hello. Sebastian. Say hello to the people. <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure. I mean, I'm a big fan of yours. So I, I don't only see you, uh, I guess, as colleagues or podcasters, but as a friend. And I learn a lot from you. So it's a pleasure. It's been overdue. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, Sebastian, I can echo that. Uh, thank you for having us on your show, man. Thank you for reaching out to us. And it's all love all the way from New York, man. Always, always uh, love the content that you produce. And we see you as a brother, man. Thank you for um, doing this for us. Well, I appreciate it. I th- I, it's the same for me. You guys, you guys, like I said, um, when I reached out to you guys about doing this episode, uh, you guys are a big inspiration for me. I mean, what wasn't your guys' first guest Christian Vieri? He was our second guest. Our first guest uh, ever was Fernando Fiore, uh, who was the commentator for Univision. He's That's, on Fox Sports, oh, yeah. but uh, he's definitely helped us kind of open the door a little bit, and and we're still growing. It's and so so rad what you guys have done, and you guys over time, you guys were always super gracious talking to different people, and I think just all the interviews you've done with coaches and players, and so over time, just the grind of doing two years of just talking to pretty much everyone you could in in the football world, you guys are now starting to narrow what you're doing a little bit more. So tell me about like the evolution of soccer subs and where it's at now from what you guys were doing. Cause now you guys are way more keyed into your local clubs. Uh, thank you for that, Ronnie passing on the torch. Uh, yes, he's uh, yeah. Sorry, Sebastian. You're absolutely right. I think the, the idea and you asked me this question when I was on your show. And to be honest, the, the first thought I had was, you know, learn from these professionals because there's so much insight. And I think when you have them one-on-one like this and, and, and you know, you're not looking to get a headline, but you're looking to learn, a lot of coaches and players can give you so much information that I've used in the past couple of years since doing this. But uh, we also noticed that, Uh, you know, the game hasn't grown in the U.S., at least not yet. Um, And people sometimes, you know, you do have your listeners, but they may not appreciate um, all the content that you do for them. So we still have this idea of of getting this information out, important information from coaches and players and people that work in the field, but also focusing on our New York teams. That's where we're from. And we've taken what we've learned in the past couple of years and put it together this season. And we said, I told Ronnie, look, I think uh, in order to grow, we probably need to narrow things down. We need to have find our niche. And that should be focusing on the clubs that we love. 
New York City FC is one of the clubs that uh, Ronnie loves. And for me, is the New York Red Bulls. Um, sometimes I'm sad saying this, but yeah, I've been following them for a while. A lot of pains, growing pains, like Vas says. Um, but yeah, we, we felt like we needed some direction. And I think this is the year that we can actually even connect more with people because we'll be at the stadiums, we'll be talking to people, and they actually get to see what we have been doing in the past three years. Yeah, so what Christian said. Yeah, I think when we first started this show, you know, you you learn as you go. There was no instruction manual on, for us at least, on how to start a podcast. Like, sure, there's a couple YouTube videos on getting a microphone, getting a logo and stuff like that. But I think this is something that we've kind of developed as as our two, almost three years coming on now um, have passed by. So, yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it when kind of Christian came to me. It was like, hey, you know, we're kind of all over the place. One day we're interviewing a USL coach and the next day a commentator, then a player for like at that time it was Sebastian Legette for the LA Galaxy. And it was kind of like all over. And I mean, it was cool like to talk to people from all over the all over the game. But uh, I really appreciated that when we were like, we need to like kind of get more consistent on what are we doing? <laughs> so now I appreciated that. And like, yeah, like Christian said, like, it was it was it was a no brainer to just obviously we live in New York we both go to our games and and we all, we do have visiting teams all all the MLS teams will eventually end up here at some point so why not kind of circle around our teams and cover the league and we can still you know touch the Champions League when the big games come around but let's try to focus on our niche and our and our teams and and take it from there. Well, I, I wanted you guys to touch on this because it's something that I don't think very many people think about if you're going to start creating a podcast, doing something like this, and you actually hope to not have it end up in the graveyard just one, one year after you do. It's amazing. Actually, the amount of podcasts that I started following a year and a half ago. And I looked at my list of podcasts I follow on Spotify and like 75% of them haven't done anything since like June, 2021. And I was like, Whoa, like a lot of people just stopped and I had no idea, right? And you just, they, they just don't show up and you listen to what you listen to. And I think it's for a lot of people, it is kind of, you, you go at something and you hit a wall, right? Like you find that what you're doing interests you, what you're doing may interest someone on one day and not on another. And so you really have to like recircle yourself. Like how, how do I actually make this endeavor do something, go somewhere and grow, not just how I can, I need more listeners, but also where you're, you know, motivated, continuously motivated, excited for the future as opposed to, okay, we got another one this week. All right. Okay. I got to do another one this week. You know, if it feels too much like work, then it's, then there does need to be a pivot. So I think it's cool to hear that you guys have done that. And, and honestly, it looks like, you guys have put yourself in really fun positions. I mean, I've seen videos on Instagram of you guys in the press room with your little mic, with the logo on it, as we were talking about off air. And like, it's just so cool. You guys are in a press room. Um, tell me how that's like, tell me what that's like being in the press room with the managers, other, the other journalists, people from the New York times, the athletic and all that business. And here you guys are like soccer subs, baby. Tell me about that. Yeah. Uh, so Sebastian, no, it's funny you said that because, yeah, you kind of get intimidated when you start looking at all these other photographers with their fancy cameras and nicer mics than what we have. But at the end of the day, we're all doing the same thing, right? We're trying to get coverage, trying to get the interviews, trying to talk to the players. So try not to get 
too uh, excited by that. But I think, you know, just focusing on, on what we're trying to do for the podcast, trying to, you know, try to get that fan reaction, trying to get just player interviews. But I won't lie, the first time being in the press conference or even the first time talking to a fan after a game, it's it's rough. It, you know, I'm, I'm a shy guy. I consider myself myself pretty shy. So it's it's hard <laughs> being in front of a camera, uh, not stuttering, saying uh like 20 times. And no, it, it's it's something that uh, you have to kind of perfect your craft. And, and by, by, by no means and am I near anywhere perfect at, at that yet. So I'm still learning. And yeah, Christian, I think, could agree and can share his insight. Well, first of all, I think we have to take it back for the first time we're actually credential. And that was for Charlotte FC's inaugural game. That's right. I remember um, that. And, and to be in there, uh, especially like in the sidelines, you know, uh, look, you look around and it's 80,000 people uh, going crazy. You know, you feel like you are somewhere in the Premier League or, or you know, in that World Cup moment. And, and it was really, it, it's a different experience. It's a different feeling. But uh, I do have to mention, uh, you know, like, Anybody who wants to do this, it, it's not really that difficult to be credentialed. And, and we're, we want to you, we want to be honest. Uh, when we were categorized uh, in Charlotte, they have three different categories. So the first one, obviously, top level, you have ESPN, Fox Sports. Second level, people from Charlotte, the Charlotte Times or whatever. And the third level, you know, you have like a, a Wheatgrass Radio or uh, Charlotte Brewery, or Char- I don't know, Charlotte Party FC Club, whatever. You, and then just talk about you know, like we were, <laughs> we were at the bottom of the list, but we were there. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much how you start. It's it's kind of funny, like, uh, you know, it's not difficult to be there, but it's what you do once you're there. It's where you really have to truly show your personality, your insight, how smart you can be, and how fast you can react. Because, um, especially in the locker rooms, uh, you know, these, these there are people who this this is their living. This is our hobby. <laughs> uh, so you're competing with people who's actually you know do, doing something, um, and, and they make them they make money out of it. And we're just you know just passionate just to really like connect players, coaches, and the fan base all at once. Especially us because we're representing them, and and we are some sort of identity, and that's what we're trying to build. So yeah, there are many there have been many funny moments. Oh my God, I have to tell you. Uh, me and Vaz had a had a quite an experience in the Philadelphia Union locker room, but maybe that's something I can leave for for a later time. <laughs> well, this is the beauty of it. I um and like you said, if it's not, it, it's cool for people to know that it's not that difficult to get credentialed, um because these are these are spaces that everyone sees from the angle of the television, right? I don't know about you guys. I remember when I realized that that advertising board that they stand behind, it wasn't like this giant hallway that it literally is like a rectangle this big and it's just, you know, stuck there and, you know, it's got this, and they, they stand in front of it. I, there's a lot of perceptions you have of the way things are produced and how, how different it looks when you're in the room. One of the things about press conferences that interest me, I just watched Emma Hayes, do her press conference pre-match for the, this weekend, Chelsea manager. And one of the people who asked her questions, you could hear him clearly. He sounded like he was miked. The other two questions, I didn't hear them. 
at all. Couldn't hear the question. Just heard her answer. There's actually a fantastic Brian Regan uh, comedy bit about this in his special Nunchucks and Flamethrowers. I recommend that to everybody. I won't blow it by doing it because he's a great comedian. But yeah, the, it's just a funny thing to see this. You guys are in this room seeing the way this works. Like, Tell me about some of those strange things that you guys have noticed being in there like, I didn't know that's how it was. Or is there any fun surprise you guys have gotten by being in the press room? I I had one just this past weekend actually, <laughs> uh, you know, and and it's something that we just recently started doing is going to the player locker rooms right after the game, you know, right after the post match uh, press conference, like the NYCFC locker rooms open up uh, to to the media where you can, you know, while a player is getting dressed, you know, um, you can ask them a question and you know after that they leave. But yeah, like it was a few games ago, but uh. My first time going to a locker room, these players are right in front of you, like right after they took a shower, like just in their bath towel. You were seeing things that you did not want to see. Like, all right, I love these players, but I don't love them that much. So I'll just leave it at that, Sebastian. But uh, Christian, I think you could maybe shed more. I'm sure you've seen it at the Red Bull locker room, too. Yeah, no, no, it's the same thing. Like, uh, I, I, and it's funny enough when New York City FC, uh, when we went there once, it was me and Eric, and a player really got pissed off. He was telling, uh, his name was Esteban Camino. He's like the the media manager at New York City FC, and in Spanish, he's telling him, hey, tu estás haciendo? You have to, you have to give us some time to change. You know, we're we're, we're trying to, their cameras are gonna be televising all this. Don't let them in. So he was like, he, he had to go in, um, the, the manager had to go a little bit closer. He's like, explain, like, look, listen, they have this time because they're also coming out of the press conference next door. So they're coming to speak with you. Uh, if you guys are not ready, you guys can change inside and then come out. So it, it, you have little moments like that, that you're like, okay, I, I'm, I'm just going with what you're telling me, following the guidelines. But, you know, people are people, humans are there, you know, you're coming out of the, the, the shower you're gonna find yourself with some surprises, some surprises. So, but, but it was uh, it, other than that, I think it's just learning how things are done. You know, we we learned that uh, uh, you have to react quickly too. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, you know, once they're ready, you gotta be positioned well. You notice that if you're not in the first line, you're not gonna get a good angle of the video when you're talking to the person. Your mic is not gonna show anywhere, and you probably won't even be able to get a question. Um, so those are little, uh, I guess, things that you have to pick up quickly. And I was telling Ronnie, look, Ronnie, they're, they're, they're like sharks. Be there from the front line. Choose who you want to speak with. Have your question prepared because if you don't, they're going to keep going, keep going, and you're never going to have a chance to talk. So, yeah, those are little intricacies that, that you experience when you're there. Well, and isn't it? I don't – I've never seen this anywhere else. The United States is very much the country where the press goes into the locker room. I mean, we look at, you know, Jordan when he was winning the titles. I mean, a, a, every sport, I people go into the locker rooms. You know, I mean, the sports, the kids' movies about athletes when we were kids, like Little Big League and stuff, even in those, like the press conference, they're coming in and there's just dudes. So, I mean, it's always been a thing in the United States that the press goes into the locker room. I don't know if that happens anywhere else. It certainly doesn't in European football. If I don't know about Latin America, if that happens there, if they they wait until they're out. But that must be a culture shock for a lot of players who are like, wait a minute, what? They're allowed in the I, – I just got done showering. They're allowed inside the locker room. Really? 
don't know. It's I don't know if you guys have seen that in any other place. I for me, when I know it's very much American sports culture. Uh, just to mention it quickly, in Ecuador, it is a little bit more uh, invasive, I guess, because, you know, there are a lot of more outlets and they're trying to get content. So, um, you know, even if the players are in the hotel, they're going to go inside the hotel, try to get some content and try to get, you know, an interview with somebody. Wait for you outside, the, outside wherever you, you know, where you're parked. Also, uh, if you're coming from, if the team is coming from an airport, that airport is packed with reporters waiting to get a question in. So right. it, it's a little bit more obsessive um, it, back home, back at least in South America and Ecuador, where, where I'm from, because that you you just have to get your question in and you have to get that quote. Um, here it's it's a little bit like you said, and it, I, I didn't know that we had this opportunity in the locker rooms. So I, I actually thought, you know, since it's America, maybe more reserved. But uh, for me, it was a little bit of a shock. Um, but then also, like we 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 know that there are teams coming in, and we had this episode with, with a Seattle Sanders media uh, manager. We're like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna do it like I do it, like people do it in Ecuador. I'm just gonna go to the hotel and gonna bring the mic and and and, uh, and talk to Brian Schmetzer, the coach. And the guy immediately, hey, what what are you doing? Uh, you're not allowed to do this. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just trying to get could get a question in, nothing nothing crazy. And he's like, not even if you're SPN, you're allowed to talk to him. So I need you to get out. So they, wow, <laughs> these are the yeah yeah. And me and, and Ronnie was there too to experience that. So. You know, you do have an idea of like, hey, this happens in America, but uh, it could be crazy in other places as well. That's fascinating. Mm. Also, Sebastian, when, I wanted to just point out one thing. I I think this is just something we're seeing across MLS that, you know, I, I, like Christian just said, like to piggyback off him, you know, we try to talk to different coaches, different players. Uh, sometimes they may not be from NYC. We've talked to players from like, you know, FC Dallas, uh, Houston, Philly. And some some media managers, you know, some communications people are like more lenient, nicer than others. Like you hmm. try to reach out to like a team like an LAFC or an LA Galaxy and in, in our experience, you won't hear from them. Like you can follow up three, four five times. And like if they don't know you, they're not really going to respond to you. But like I got to sh- I got to shout out Philly because Philadelphia Union, our first time that we reached out, like, oh, let's see if we could talk to Coach Jim Curtin. They responded back the next day, like, "Hey guys, yeah, sure. When when are you guys free? We could totally make this work." And we were like, "Wow, like, why is it that this team is so nice, but some of these other teams are more strict or, you know, not as lenient?" Like, and you know, I think I got to give a shout out to to, to the Texas teams because they've been super awesome with them. But it's just something that like it's it's kind of weird that we I've noticed in in our time doing this and just something to highlight, man. It's it's I I hope it's something that now with the Apple TV deal and MLS that where players are more accessible, coaches are more accessible, but it was just something that I noticed um, in the last two years that we've been doing this. And that was a fantastic segue. The MLS deal with Apple. <laughs> I've been, I, I find it fascinating. Um, first of all, I made a little one minute short about how Gary Neville was calling out the league for the playoff structure, not yet being announced less than a week before the season. I also found that to be completely insane. Um, I think this Apple deal is really, really interesting because as Gary Neville also said, it's a game changer for the league. And we also don't know how it's going to work. It's very unique that a league is on one platform like this. And 
how are they going to use it to to build out the league to build out content what what are they going to do and it's so early we kind of don't have any idea it's it's really the beginning so that apple deal do you guys see that yeah how do you see that specifically in the way it will change the league in in terms of the positives it'll bring and maybe some of the downsides what do you guys think uh i can go first um yeah go for it well that's interesting you said that sebastian too because our our last guest that we just had on with us for episode 92 was a sideline reporter and producer for DC United. And she was talking to us that one of the mandates that Apple TV had was for them to invest in 4K cameras, that Apple TV wants everything in 4K or as high a resolution than what they've previously been doing. So I think that kind of speaks volumes on, you know, they're trying to make an investment on getting better content you know clear content like for 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 the fans and i know another mandate for i believe for all the teams has been that they have to do previews match previews for for your upcoming game um and kind of do more post-match stuff and yeah there's there this is like a league league league-wide thing and and from what i've heard not all teams prior have been doing this so this may be new to a lot of teams but there were already a few teams that were already doing this but now that it's a league-wide mandate I kind of like it. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm all for it, especially if we're going to grow this league, if we're going to grow this game here in the U.S. Like as somebody that's just getting into MLS, just becoming an NYC fan or a Red Bull fan or anything, you, you got to know who the players are, who they're playing next. Like, you know, not, a new fan may not know all the teams out there. So I think the Apple TV deal is going to be great for that and, and really trying to grow, grow the league and everything. What do you think, Christian? Uh, yeah, what, what, when you when you're talking about the content side. I definitely love it because uh, the the reason why you, you talked about us being in the stadiums and talking to the fans is because we don't see that. You you go and watch Arsenal TV. You go and watch the, 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 the other teams in the Premier League. They have so much production. Even back at home in Ecuador, uh, I have YouTube channels, professionals talking every single hour of the day about the teams. Here, you're lucky if you get 30 minutes after your game is over. So, you, you, you know, I, I think if you want to build an identity with something, you have to remain constant with the information. And, you know, what you want to know what's going on about the team. You want to know, uh, get, get to know a little bit more about the players and the people who are covering it too. People build an identity with the people who are covering these teams. If you go to Argentina, that guy that uh, recorded the, the interview with Messi and, and, and said, Bobo, uh, called him, you know, go, go, go away. Uh, to the Netherlands players. That guy is popular in Argentina. Everybody knows who that guy is because he's been covering the Argentinian league for so long and the Argentinian team itself. So fan bases are created by how much you put out there. And if the team is not doing that um, or or the league is not doing that, we're not getting coverage. Look at the college basketball, uh, uh, March Madness, all these things. This is professional elite production that we're not seeing in, in, in MLS. So, you know, I think I'm happy that maybe there's a push, but there's a lot to be done. In terms of that street fandom, street, uh, you know, just fan production stuff, one club that has really impressed me is Charlotte. And I don't know if that's just because of the way social media works. I just happen to see more of their stuff than other clubs. Um, would you guys agree that they've they've set a pretty high bar? Not necessarily the highest bar, maybe not the most, but they... I've just seen a lot of stuff. I mean, 
um, songs, chants, different things. It's, you know, a lot of content of being out in the streets, talking to people. I'll tell you what, here in Colorado, the Rapids do not have any kind of like, there is no, like, like you said, Arsenal fan TV, the people outside the stadium, there is none of that here. Um, none of that. Um, so I don't know. Are, are, my perception is Charlotte. Are there any other clubs that you guys have noticed do a really good job of that fan driven content creation and support for the club? I'll just really say, yeah, Charlotte's really done an amazing job. I know this, their inaugural season was last year in 2022. So from being at their inaugural game and seeing off the bat, how many people wanted to cover the team and, you know, fan content and everything like that, that was really impressive to see. And I think if I had to think of any other club that's really like driven by the fans to create content, I think I got to give it to LAFC. I think LAFC, uh, you know, we were recently in Nashville and we, one of our first stops was to get some food after, after coming out the airport and our next day after, and we bumped into uh, a Spanish podcast and it was really cool that all these LAFC fans are trying to produce content in English and in Spanish. Uh, so uh, I'll give them a shout out too. And um, I'll give a shout out too to our friends in Orlando who run the Tiro de Esquina podcast. Uh, our friend, uh, 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 Paola, who's uh, doing some great work, who's focusing on the Spanish viewers on the Spanish listeners. And, and that's something we forget too. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of MLS fans are, are Hispanic, are speak Spanish. So, and Yes, a lot of our content may be in English, but uh, we got to show love too to the to the Spanish content. So, yeah, Christian, anything else? Yeah, those are no. I I mean, there there are people. Uh, the creation of content is or content itself is being created by fans. Like I have to give a shout out to We Are Austin TV. Uh, they themselves started mm. something huge, and you see the. The, you know the, the production level just keeps getting better and better and and fans are more engaged like i know like even from the little experiences that we have people are asking us where are you where are you guys going to be next because we want to talk we want to show our passion um people you know if you love soccer at, at some sort of uh, uh, in some sort of level you you're going to be passionate about the sport and when you i, I guess also like it, it takes the the charisma of, of making them feel like hey this is the place where you can talk to like let me know how you feel uh we are we are austin tv have done a phenomenal job doing that you know there are people who let everything out there are people who there who are drunk but they just need to say something and then there are people who are knowledgeable about the game and it's like look this is what i expect from uh, coach wolf and this is what we need in the next game and then he gives you a breakdown you get a little bit of all of that and it kind of just turns into something that hey people are going to be interested in watching it and and then you know, the next time you see them, you know, you want to go to the stadium because of them or just because you watch the team, but you feel an identity, you feel connected to them. And I think that's props to um, great people in MLS that are doing doing just that. And what other things do you think for the, for the league to continue to just add fans by the day, 10, 20 fans by the day, more viewers checking out Apple TV, I've seen some things, right? Uh, I've seen some positive signs, but I wonder what what kinds of things are you guys seeing from just the perspective you have? What are some of the things that we're going to get that are going to improve over the next couple of years with 
in the game in terms of fandom and everything. Just I I I, I will say as a from a coach's perspective, it's very very difficult to know because I'm just around kids that play, uh, and I don't spend that much time around fans. Um, so in a way, I don't really know how much the game's growing. I feel like I just go to practice and I see the same kinds of things all the time. <laughs> uh, Sebastian, yeah, that, that's a great question. I don't really think I have too much of an answer, but just I think just some observations. I, I think a lot of it may start with the local media, and, and I'm talking about just watching your local news, right? You know, uh, I can talk to you from, from experience when when uh, NYCFC play or the Red Bulls play, we're usually the last team to be highlighted in, this, in in sports news. Like, yeah, we're talking about the Knicks, we're talking about the Brooklyn Nets, uh, the Rangers, like everything. And then like, oh yeah, and, and the Red Bulls play today and the NYCFC play today. And, you know, if, I think a media like as popular or strong as that, that has influence on, you know, what people are watching or people want to be covered on, I think it can start from there. And I think there's something else that I've noticed too. I, I love, I'm still old school. I love to listen to the radio. Uh, just you know, when I'm while I'm walking to work, and I don't really hear much of much of um much partnerships or much or, or much shoutouts from from like our New York teams on the radio. Maybe like that would be a, a good opportunity for like NYC and the Red Bulls to maybe like partner up with more of these local radio uh, uh, stations to like give out tickets. Hey, you know, be caller 105, and you know you get a pair of tickets or anything like that on the hour. I think something like that could could be a huge help. Um, again small little changes but uh just something i've observed and 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 i can speak really from 2021 when mls when nyc became nycfc um when nyc became mls 2021 come champs uh one of my colleagues uh, a friend of mine asked me hey ronnie um he was he was away but he was like hey ronnie can you pick up the daily news for me tomorrow morning i want to see if nyc make it on the front page sebastian we were like on page 20 the nycfc won the championship and and that was just sad man like as a as a soccer fan like all right i get it we're not as big as the new york Knicks or, or the jets or the giants but like jesus like uh, a team just brought new york uh at ch a championship a national championship and like we're not even the first five pages like it was just like an observation man. and 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 that was like a, a sad feeling i was like really like Kind of, I think we, I think I, I found us like on front page on a small like Spanish newspaper, but it's just something I was like, man, we got to do better. Like if we're gonna grow soccer here, we got to do better. Like we can't be on page twenty, you know, after winning an MLS Cup. Like, you know, I'm sure if 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 this was a you know in LA or a a, t a city that had a stronger soccer presence, we, we'd have been front page. But yeah, man, Christian, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Coverage, that's really the where the investment has to go. You know, I remember that episode and it was sad because even as a Rebels fan, I'm like, damn, like, I really do want the sport to grow in New York. And I guess also people are still not fully have fully bought in into what MLS is all about. And I know we we're speaking earlier on the quality. Um, it, it really has grown. Like we can we can touch on it Um uh, as we're talking in this episode, but uh, the thing is that there's that perception that MLS is just no good. And I, I was speaking to a friend, he's from Chile, and I told he was just you know asking, "Oh, how you been?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, we're getting ready to cover the teams and stuff like that." Oh, that that bad league that they don't know how to play soccer, literally <laughs> screwed up. I, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm and I'm trying to convince him." I'm like, 
no, 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 wait. Uh, they got some young players. They're developing talent. Uh, the World Cup is going to be here in a couple of years. They're good. Uh, I'm not just saying that so you can follow us or you can give it a give us a try, but I really mean it. But a lot of people, you know, the, I guess the clubs and the league still haven't done enough to get people interested. And I think you have to invest, like you get more cameras, get more more big uh, corporations to cover these teams. And, and But also, I don't know, I don't know, people in ESPN or people in Fox Sports, they might be like, oh, this is not really that interests us that much. So, you know, we'll give you, we'll show you the game and, and that's it. But, you know, when you're talking about NBA or, or, or MLB or NFL, oh my God, every single hour you you have something about the team you have so much coverage about what's going on with every player we don't get that you know the coverage thing is really fascinating though because like i watched espn fc um i, I catch up with it a few times a week and because it's international break they have very little to talk about at least they think they have nothing to talk about but that's the problem is that, like, for instance, Eden Hazard doesn't play for Real Madrid, has one quote about how he'd wish he could be playing more and doing better. And they spend 20 minutes on Eden Hazard. Meanwhile, there's like a really good, uh, you know, race in, you know, the Women's Super League and or the Champions League is really interesting for on the women's side as well. Like, there are so many things you could talk about. But yeah, I mean, the, the coverage that that people spend time on for some reason, if it's like the big major, major topics or major leagues, if they're not running and giving you everything, then everyone's like, well, what do we, what do we do now? And I, I think with MLS that there definitely needs to be in this country, just a little bit more time spent highlighting local teams and everything. I think that, I mean, we, we have the same issue here. Um, you know, we have the Cronkies who own the, the, the Rapids, I mean, they do a pretty good job of running their other sports teams uh, and and investing in those. And so I think you just, like you guys said, you can see the clear difference. And, and you know, I mean, Ronnie, I had you on the show directly after NYCFC won the MLS Cup just to talk to you about what your experience was like. And you had an amazing time. So I can totally imagine coming home and everyone's like, wait, what? Our team won a championship? Oh, well, whatever. You know, that that's disappointing because you know that a lot more people would be interested. It's not like you just went and were like, dude, I saw the district championship for billiards in Louisiana. Oh, my God. They need more coverage. It's not that. This is a major league. And hopefully the Apple deal does legitimize it a little bit more. I don't know if maybe you guys feel like that's what it is. I just the legitimization thing is a problem when the league can't figure out playoff structure can't eliminate enough teams for it to be really competitive. I'm worried about the playoffs this year. I mean, I hope they're good, but yeah. I mean, do, do you guys think that the, A, the deal legitimizes MLS in a way, but also what are your concerns for, is it actually going to be a good product this season? Or do we just need to hope that coverage on it improves and therefore money comes in? Is it as a long-term process? Christian, what do you think? We'll start with you. Ronnie, you've taken the first baton to the first <laughs> few times down. No, I, I actually think because of the level uh, in MLS, uh, there's a lot of parity. You know, there, there's not even right now, I can't say that LAFC is going to be the champions. Yes, they're good, 
But when you go and see these teams week in and week out, it's hard to get a result. Um, you know, I, I guess when you're in the Premier League and Arsenal is playing, uh, I don't know, who's the last team right now, uh, Everton, you kind of know that they're going to win. In MLS, you you can't expect that. Um, and, and, and I think that's what's good about it in the playoff system. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to come out. You're 100%. Um, I believe the structure, it, it it did throw me off because it's like a best of three series. Um, I would say if you want to make money and, and, you know, add more games, just just go back home and away. And if you really want to, and then see who's a better team. Um, but yeah, the, the competition, it's high be, between teams in the conferences. So I'm not worried about the quality. Uh, I actually just worry about the structure of the game. The, the games is best out of three. Uh, there are certain things that they're test running. I wasn't happy about that, but uh, you know, I think you teams do have to come with their A game if they want to have a long run in the in the championship. And and yeah, just just to add to that, yeah, I think the the league is in a good place right now. And speaking, you know, just to the last of Apple TV, I think it's still early. You know, we're still in MLS Week Five, and I I want to say so far so good. I I I give them an A right now. Um. I don't want to give them an A plus because obviously there's probably there's room for growth, but uh, I think it's still early to see what they're going to do for MLS all-star break, how they're going to tackle the playoffs in regards to just content, what, what they're going to do in the future. But the good thing is that we have time. I believe it's a 10 year deal. So uh, I'm, I'm so far, so ha- I'm so far happy with it. And look, look, I, I had to download Apple TV register. Um, I know there were a few free promo codes being given out. If you're a season ticket holder, um, I, I'm part of T-Mobile, so I believe it was like a T-Mobile Tuesday where I got like a promo code for just being a T-Mobile um, subscriber. So things like that help. But I think overall, like uh, the whole Apple TV, I think is probably going to, I think it's going to do great for us. I think it's it's going to be a good product. And, you know, I think after this Apple TV deal, I'd love to see us like on other channels. Like, for example, March Madness being on TNT, TVS. How cool would that be? Like seeing, you know, our teams like on, on those bigger channels like that. I mean, yeah, we've, we've been on ESPN before, but the the biggest part I like is that there's no blackouts. Like I can watch an LAFC right now game or LA, yes. last week's LA Galaxy. That's the biggest part I love. And, you know, sometimes NYCFC would be playing, but, oh, I don't have Yes Network. And because you're not registered, you couldn't even, I couldn't even watch my own team last year, a few weeks, and I had to watch highlights because they were blackouts. So I think that's a huge thing for, for the league. Same. Uh, ESPN uh, plus, I couldn't ever watch Rapids games. I was like, but like, and I don't have, I don't have a television in my house. I don't have cable. I don't have, I don't have basic TV even. I do everything on my laptop. So it's like, you know, there was just no way I could watch the games unless I went. And I, I, then I think there's one other thing, the format of playoffs. So a lot, there's been a lot of discussion about format lately with, especially because the world cup format was just dropped Thank God it's not the 16 teams of three. That would have been just too confusing, I think, and just too wild. Uh, Anyone that's complaining about the groups of four teams and letting third place teams go through as wild cards. I mean, this has been going on for eons in different competitions. And we forget that the structure and the format of things change all the time. When I was growing up, the Champions League was two group phases. There was a group first group stage. Top two from each group went through. And then there was a second group stage of just four groups and then the quarterfinal. So it was like this, you know, and then they changed it. And we all still love the Champions League, right? 
So whether they do two games, best of three, or home and away, or single game knockout, I don't think that changes the game at all. What changes things is how many teams can make playoffs. Therefore, how important is the regular season? And this is MLS's biggest issue. It's like any American sports. When you have playoffs, the regular season is only important if making the playoffs is difficult to do. And if I recall, it's going to be 16, basically more than either half the league or more than half the league will make it to the playoffs. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I think that's nine kind of, from each conference. Nine, and there's what fifteen and sixteen in each conference. Yeah, yeah. There's One has a 30, little bit more than thirty-one the other. or thirty-two teams in the league. I think thirty-one. If, okay, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, or fifteen. Yeah, or twenty-nine. I I gotta check the number again. I guess, but yeah, at least half of them will be making the playoffs, or at least 60 percent will make the playoffs. I, I just took a look. There's uh, 14 teams in the West and uh, 15 teams in the East. 29 then. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, I mean, if you – and 16 will go to the playoffs or is it 18? Is it the top nine from each conference that go through? That's a lot. You know, and I mean, look, what happens in playoffs can always be fun. To say, oh, well, you got a bad team making the playoffs, it's not going to be good to watch them play. Sometimes – you know, you could get LAFC have a terrible, terrible, you know, regular season, lots of injuries, and all of a sudden everyone comes back in time for playoffs and they're ready to party, you know, and they play great stuff and it looks good. But yeah, it just makes the regular season a lot more difficult. You know, you guys follow European football, you guys follow world football. Obviously, league seasons are way, way more interesting when there's something at stake and there's real skin in the game. And we don't want to obviously see teams tank like they do in other sports. And I think it's in basketball where it's the most noticeable, uh, I've been told, um, or actually in NF in the NFL. Teams will really tank their last three games to make sure they get better draft picks or more money the next year. And you can't celebrate mediocrity if you want to take the league higher. So – Again, I, I'm not saying you guys have answers or any ability to uh, change anything here, but what what are some of the things you guys see also in your conversations with other fans, like just your your communication with NYCFC and Red Bulls fans, do, especially maybe newer people or people who have been around, what's people's interest in changing league structure or how much do they love the regular season? What's people's just general opinion of the format of MLS that you guys talk to specifically? I mean, it really depends on the owner. And that's why, you know, you see people in, in Manchester United being desperate about being bought, uh, bought from, from the get, – get away from the Glaciers, right? Um, the same thing with, with MLS. Not every team is going to have a great owner. Uh, the New York Rebels has started just to spend money this year after a while. And I mean, I've had conversations with fans and in the last year when we're eliminating the playoffs, one of the fans really just just uh, just came up to me and said, oh, this team's this team is cheap. They don't they don't want to invest. They don't believe in anything. And, and and I guess because people are not coming to the stadiums, why they should be. Uh, but again, like you believe that you are in this business. It, you know, you, you apart from developing talent, 
you also have to produce, you also have to get results. That's everything in life. It's about results. And my, my, I guess my biggest concern is when you don't have the right people up top is when things can go deteriorate and things can go down. Uh, luckily, you do have perfect examples like Philadelphia Union, um, who knows a good balance between um, purchasing players of high quality and then they can later sell on and a bigger fee. Uh, but then you also have people like Atlanta United who, you know, they have a World Cup champion in their roster because they have good scouts. They spend money on bringing in young talent, Miguel Almiron, uh, Joseph Martinez, uh, the whole squad in general. They have the, the Rota Araujo from, from Ligue 1. Uh, you know, there are people who care about doing a good job, but you need the right people at top in order to be successful. Um, there are people, there are a lot of American people with a lot of money, but can they run a soccer team? I don't know. I think uh, running a soccer team is much harder than it looks. Yeah. Well, the ownership side of it's huge. I mean, like I said, here at the Rapids, you can see very much Stan Kroenke does not value putting real money into building the team. Ronnie, do you, what are your, some, some of your views of things you, things you've heard yeah. from other people, fans, whatever. Yeah, no, I, I, I agreeing with Christian and I can speak from a New York perspective, you know, our, our fans here in New York, NYC Red Bulls, they're super passionate, man. They, they want to win. They, they expect results. Like for NYC, we had a lot of departures and a lot of our fans are worried like, Oh, where are we going to finish up in the playoffs this season? But um, yeah, yeah. No, like Christian said, it, it's really all dependent on the owners. And, and one thing I'll add to that too, is that, yeah, it's all about results. Like now that all these new expansion teams have come around, you know, and, uh, Sebastian, I love how you mentioned Charlotte earlier. You know, how are you going to let a, a, a newer team like Charlotte, who just started last year, outbeat a team that's been around for for 20 years attendance, you know, in, in content? And, like, and I, I think, you know, with the Apple TV deal and everything, it, it's going to give a lot of these uh, these owners pressure to step up that we have to compete. Because the last thing you want to do now, we're like, you know, like we talked about earlier, we're in an age of content where it's all about the interviews. It's all about the post game stuff and, and Apple TV and everything. The last thing you want to be is a team that no one talks about somebody, a team that like, Oh, I forgot they're even in in, in the West or I think uh, any owner, any team would not want to be in that space. So, you know, even if, you know, you're a team that just develops young players like Vancouver Whitecaps or teams like an Atlanta United that love to splurge and have, you know, bigger, bigger means of spending. But I, I think uh, there's got to be a balance where, yes, we, you may love to develop youth, but you got to add in a veteran. You got to bring in a, a quality striker. You know, it, it's all a balance. I know like championship teams are not all big names. You got to have young, uh, young talent. A, a couple sprinkles of, of veterans and, you know, a solid goalie, a solid striker. You know, I, I know there's a recipe out there for, for a, a winning team, but uh, yeah, the last thing you want is, is to be a team that no one talks about or a team that's just kind of overlooked. And uh, that would probably be the worst team, the worst thing like an owner would want for their team. So I think that kind of gives a lot of uh, motivation to these owners to step up, to not finish last, at least to make the playoffs. And that's one thing I, um, uh, to highlight about uh, Inter Miami from 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 their last season, when they talked to uh, Coach Phil Neville, uh, they asked Coach, uh, "Hey, Coach, for next season, I know you just got bounced off, but what do you want for next year?" And they were like, "Next year, our goal is we have to have we have to host a playoff game here at home, 
And then from there on, we like our chances. And I don't see why every team can't say that. Like I, I, our priority has to be to make the playoffs and, and, um, and from there on, you know, punch your ticket and see what can happen. But yeah, that's kind of my, my two cents on that. So you guys, and just sorry, yeah, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. sorry, Steve, just really quickly, um, Ronnie was uh, recorded an episode with Blue City Radio a couple of days ago, and the guy that that's running the show, he told them it's good to see more people covering the team. It's good to see more because that makes gives you that presence i guess puts that pressure on the team hey there are people watching you you need to do better and then it goes back to the coverage thing too it's like it's important to highlight all these people what they're doing because if you're doing a, a, a bad job you have to speak out about it sorry i just wanted to add that sorry sebastian well no actually that's a great point because you guys both mentioned the owners and and for sure owners have a huge piece here there are owners you can tell there's ownership models that clearly care you know when you got someone like matthew mcconaughey drumming in a green suit on the field or you have will ferrell doing these wild things or you know we anyone who's seen welcome to wrexham can absolutely take a look at the way uh rob McElhenney and ryan reynolds are running that club in terms of being like we want eyes on this because here's the thing i watched all of i watched those fa cup games that they played when Wrexham were playing against Sheffield United, I opted to watch them over two Premier League teams that were playing each other. You know what I mean? Like, I've been taken in by the whole Wrexham story. I love it. I'm all in. And it's because of how much work those owners have, have like how much of their own blood, sweat, and tears and just and passion they're putting into the team. You can see that from some MLS teams. And like you said, the ones that feel irrelevant. I mean, I don't know anyone who talks about the San Jose earthquakes ever. Like any podcast about the MLS I listen to, no one says anything about them. Same with the Rapids. I mean, we are and we're almost like there's USL teams that people talk about joining the league at a later point more than they talk about these teams that are actually in the league already. But what is there to say? There's nothing. There's not much interesting to talk about with these teams at the moment. And and then I think, yeah, the owners could do a better job. But your point, Christian, about well, fans also need to turn up and start asking questions. People need to do what you guys are doing, frankly. I mean, I would never say that uh, this should be me here in Colorado. There are other people. There's a couple people who run soccer podcasts that are dedicated to the Rapids. And I'm hoping that, you know, people do start doing things like showing up in the press conferences and asking things like, you know, does the team, the team looks all right, but. Like, what's the goal, really? Like, can we say we are looking to go to playoffs and here is why we can do it? Here's what we are doing to prepare for it. And I think, like you said, fan pressure can almost, it can almost be the thing that gets a team or even an owner to go, oh, wait a minute, I need to reevaluate the way I'm running the team here, the way the way we're playing or the way we're managing, because like you said, eyes are on us. So it's an interesting thing how from the very top you need it, but you also need that grassroots fan, fan pressure, or you just have a very sort of empty feeling thing. Yes, yeah, Sebastian. And, and sorry, I just raised my hand, but uh, oh, no, go uh, I got to give a shout out to our friend Glenn Davis out in, out in Houston, because he's been doing great work for so many years out there holding the host the Houston Dynamo accountable like I know they just got a big name recently Hector Herrera the 
captain of the Mexico national team. And he has questions like, you know, okay, we got ourselves a great player, but who are we going to add around him? Uh, we didn't make the playoffs last year. What are we going to do this year? What are we going to do different? They got themselves a new head coach, but um, what's your? How are we going to get to the playoffs uh, now with this new head coach? Like, so he's asking the hard questions, and I love it. Like, I, uh, we ha- we talk with him, and something he told us is like, yeah, fan pressure, hold these teams accountable. Like, you know, because if not, it's just going to be mediocrity every every year. If if you don't, if fans just accept, like, okay, uh, it's just going to be another season. Another season we don't make the playoffs, and it just becomes the normality of things. And a, a club is never going to improve. And 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 Glenn mentioned it's healthy pressure. We're not like bashing them or you know signing up to hell or anything like that. We're 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 applying healthy pressure. Like, hey, we want to win. What are we going to do? And I think asking these questions makes the front office and and the coaches apply pressure on on themselves. Like, okay, yeah, we need to add another piece. We need to spend. We need to do this. So. Uh, a huge shout out to our friend Glenn Davis uh, down in Houston, covering the Houston Dynamo. Just imagine if San Jose experiences what River fan plates did when they went when they were relegated into the second division. Just imagine that the difference, right? Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, I've spoken about this with a lot of people. Relegation would be it'd be great. I, I would love it if in ten years. You know, by the time this Apple TV deal is ending, could the league have gotten to a point where we can now bundle with USL one and two and have a three tiered system? And you know what? If if you don't, if you're an owner and you are in a very you know good metropolitan area, essentially a good urban area that has plenty of people, plenty of investment. I mean, I, I'm thinking of Denver. Like, if we were to get relegated down to USL three. And we've got the switchbacks in USL two. That's just straight up embarrassing, right? And we've got the hailstorm down in USL two. And so then there is the pressure that comes with it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I also think that uh, from your guys's point of view and what you guys have said about being able to get credentials and stuff, I think the 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 average American fan probably thinks that the MLS is essentially just as guarded as any other sport. And I know you guys got turned away at one point to go ask questions uh, to Brian Schmelzer at a different time, but there actually is a whole ton of room for fans to create this engagement because it, in a lot of cases it doesn't exist. There aren't so many outlets banging on the door trying to get in. So the club's like, well, we'll hand out extra press passes for this podcast or that one. So there's room for fans to do this. Do you, do you get the impression that probably a lot of people don't realize how much power the fans could have? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a lot of people, uh, whenever we're at the stadium, people think we're like, oh, you know, like you can get us uh, free passes, free food, free meet, meet with the players. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't work like that. But um, what you can create is you can be a voice for a lot of people. And and don't get me wrong, there are great people that like, especially for the Red Bulls. Um, there's uh, there's a person named Mark Fishkin who deserves a lot of credit because he's been an OG for like 20 years, being the voice of Rebels fans. But now with this new movement of social media video capturing these moments, people talking about it. This you know, they're, they're videos that can go viral in, at any point. And you know, these are the things that you wanna show like hey there's there's a lot of people that are passionate about the game and there's a lot of people that care about soccer 
you just sometimes have to shed some light on them. And and I think that if you're going in with the right intentions, we're also not going in as, hey, I'm a fan. I'm going to tell you whatever the hell I want. You know, I'm going to be pissed at you because you didn't earn the three points this year. I mean, this week. You got to have some common sense, too, when you're walking in. You know, I, I Ronnie has worked in media. I am a school counselor. I also coach soccer. I know that there are things that you just can't go over the limit. Just do it. Do things uh, as passionate as you are, but also keep, you know, keep things with a grain of salt that, you, you know, you're there to try to make a difference for your team, the team that you love. And, yeah, do it. I mean, if you're not shy and if you can um, – you know, feel like you need to speak out and you feel like you can do something for your team, we encourage that. We love to connect with people that can do that. Do you got anything, Ronnie, to add to that? No, no. Uh, great job by Christian. Yeah, I think um, I think overall, like right now with with the MLS, like I think it's a great time to, to be a content creator, get started, do your own podcast. Uh, just like us, we didn't really know how to start but we just started doing it and little by little it came to us and i think everyone can do what we're doing um and if you're a fan of your team and this could be any mls team right now any usl team it's a great time to start at the, at the end of the day i think the the best thing that that's happened in these past two three years have been just the connections we've made and sebastian we wouldn't know you if we would have never started the podcast so yep, for sure i think uh to me that's been the biggest piece and who who could, who would be opposed to like you know speaking to players and you know asking the hard questions and going to press conferences? Uh, I think if you're willing to do the work, I think the the rewards will come your way. And um, it's just right now it's a it's a great time to be in in media or follow that passion if you have uh, getting into podcasting or covering games. I think I think it's a great time right now. Well, that's awesome inspiration for people because I think I do think there's a lot of people who don't know that they can actually just. If they're really passionate, they follow the team already. Just show up more. Get yourself involved. You know, ask questions. See if you can get a press pass. Like you can, you can do this. You can create more. Con- There's so much room for it, and it's great to hear, to hear and see just the different examples you guys have brought. To the, this is what's available to people. You can actually generate this and maybe get your owners to go. Oh, maybe I should actually work a little harder. So I know you guys gotta. We gotta wrap up here really soon. One thing I just wanted to. Um, to do we we were gonna I, w- I was gonna say we could talk about a topic and really dissect each one that but I just want to go what do you want to get off your chest is there a topic in maybe MLS maybe in world football what's a topic in, in football you you just want to get off your chest so uh Ronnie go ahead and start all right Sebastian yeah totally non-MLS related but you probably already know we've done a couple of Champions League collabs. I'm I'm a Real Madrid fan. Can we just talk a little bit about Barca and this whole uh, scandal that they got caught uh, making payments to refs? And I don't know if you know anything that we may not know, but uh, what have you been hearing on um, any punishments, investigations into the former president? Like, just want to get that, get that off my chest, man. I think it's I mean just Barca side being a rival. Yeah, you know, I'm sure it's not the first time this has ever happened, but uh, probably not a good look. Yeah, it's so I've tried to read things on this because I've tried to figure out if it's just one of those stories you can throw in the trash or something that you actually have to pay attention to. It's very similar to Man City 
and the all the rap sheet that they got, you kind of wonder, is anything actually going to happen here? Or is there going to be a small slap on the wrist to find no one knows about someone internally gets fired and it's all good, right? With this situation, it's weird because it's old. So there's a, you know, the the situation started and was and and was really going on what, two owners ago during the Bartomeu regime and uh, before it was in between Laporta's two tenures, but may also bleed into a Laporta time. I don't know. The last I heard was that they're trying to figure out if the money that 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 was spent was specifically giving Barcelona any real uh, valuable information on referees or were they just paying for normal consultations i mean once you get to that point it's kind of like this whole thing with trump right now you've got the you know the new york da trying to grand jury him and then when you actually look at what they're trying to hit him for you're like this looks like what you would do like this looks like misdemeanor territory where nothing's actually going to happen you know it just doesn't actually look like it doesn't look like a scandal where it's like oh crap i mean here's what i'll say to you Another interesting example, Juventus. So I'm going to make a little video about this because I think it's fascinating. But Serie A title is over, right? Like Napoli, 15 points clear. They're 19 points clear. It's done, right? Yes, but on April 19th, uh, Juventus are going to have a hearing appealing their 15-point penalty. If you give Juve back their 15 points right now, they are four points behind Napoli. So on April 19th, could we get, like, what if they beat the case and they get all their points given back to them? Like, that would be insane. We got to circle that date on the calendar. Yeah. So I think it's April 19th. But like, that's what I'm saying is these, these things are very weird. Uh, I would imagine nothing happens from this. That's just, from everything I've read. It doesn't seem like there's something that's so obviously like, oh, they are in big trouble for this the one key is did they do anything with uefa referees because once uefa wants to get involved if it has anything to do with the champions league now they're in trouble because uefa will just go ahead and sanction them but i think with la liga spanish courts like is it a sporting trial is it a criminal trial and that's where everything just gets weird so that's my opinion on it i don't know i'm curious you know, it'd kind of be nice if something happened. All these fake scandals are getting boring. Like, I want a real one, you know? <laughs> but, Sebastian, don't they talk about this all the time? How fans always, like, if Real Madrid uh, Real Madrid beats your team, oh, it was because of the refs. You hear this all the time. But you don't really, can you really investigate how far can you go with that? Well, I guess you know, the big complaint is, yet. are they look? is that they, they consulted with the referees about, I, I, I don't even think that they were specifically demanding referees to referee certain games. I think they were just trying to gather information on what referees do, what their tendencies are, so that when you play against a team and that's your ref, you know, here are things that piss this guy off. Here's what's likely to get you yellow carded. To be honest, I don't see any problem with that. Anyone can do that if they're smart enough and want to put in the effort. If you pay someone to consult and help you be like, yeah, yeah, here, you guys can have more video about refs. If anyone can do it, that's the question is what did they do? Did they do something that clearly gave them some kind of advantage that was also not available to other people if they wanted? I'm not sure. Is it just because it's Barcelona? Well, Real Madrid certainly could do anything Barcelona want to do, right? There, there's probably more powerful as a club. So I don't know. 
I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting to watch, but there's a very good chance, in my opinion, it turns into absolutely nothing. So it, it, just like the Man City one, I could see them having one transfer window or two taken away and that's it. But I don't know. <laughs> Christian, what's um, the topic you want to get off your chest? Oh, man. No, there. <laughs> to be honest, I just, uh, first of all, uh, one thing that I, I guess I don't mention enough. Um, uh, I, I'll say it again. I, I love you, man. Like the way that you do things, um, the way that you talked about soccer is is it, just something that's captivating, man. So first of all, I want to get that off my chest. The, the good part. Thank you. Um, really, really, you're really doing an amazing job. Um, and second of all, just I, I guess what just really bothers me that nowadays because of the World Cup. And everybody wants to host it. So now you have four teams trying to host, like in South America, it's like half of the continent wants to host the World Cup. Just stop. When when I went to Qatar, one country was more than enough. And it was the best because you have everybody so close. I, I get the whole experience of, of being in other countries and why not. But keep it in one place. Keep it, one, you know, I, I keep it close closely to to the people uh, because at the end of the day that's the fans are what make the world cup fun so yeah that's a little my little take i mean that's a great one which bit is it that has ukraine it's like two countries oh in like, which it, one is it which yeah, one is it is it like spain it. portugal and ukraine i, I believe I so and i read one. that i believe that ukraine was getting replaced with Morocco. I read an article not too long ago. Yeah, but yeah, I believe it's uh, Spain, Portugal. Spain, Portugal, Morocco. That sounds kind of cool. I'm okay with it if they're all together. Because, like, for instance, Korea, Japan. That was a really successful World Cup. Uh, I remember when the Euros were in Belgium and the Netherlands. It's basically one very flat landmass, anyways. So, I don't know. I mean, with South America, if it's Uruguay and Paraguay and maybe Argentina, like that's enough. But don't involve anyone else. Like, because Uruguay and Paraguay are small countries as it is. Argentina has also this massive infrastructure and football culture. I I'm cool with that. Uh, but yeah, the the whole adding Ukraine, who are half a continent away, and by the way, everyone's going to be sitting there going, so what's the situation going to be like at that point? Like, you're going to award them a charity World Cup and we don't even know what, if, I mean, might it be, is it going to be Ukraine? Or is it just going to be more Russia at that point? Like what's so that that I agree with you. It's a really bizarre situation. All these multi-bid countries. I think as long as they share a border and they want to work it out, it's doable. Like 2026 is going to be crazy. But to your point on Qatar, I mean, that was more like the Olympics where it's like all in one city versus what we're going to have here in 2026 is going to be mental i mean it's going to be so hard to keep up with because there's going to be a lot more games and you're talking time zones like just all over the place so, so the travel to get from one place to another it's going to be a weird weird tournament but i'm with you those those world cup bids that are just like multi-countries and they, they do feel i don't know there's something there's a yeah there is a weird emptiness to them i don't know i can't put my finger on it what Ronnie, do you, do you, what do you think about that one? I'm actually okay. I mean, I can, I'm like you just said, I'm excited for the 2026 World Cup, like especially being able to go to Mexico. I've never been to Mexico really. So that, if I were to be able to go to a city, that'd be awesome. 
And to Canada, I think I've only been to, yeah, I've been to Toronto and Montreal, but there's more to it. But I'd be excited for a World Cup like that. Now, if it's like when you got to, when you, when you get to Europe and you got to go through, you know, you got to hop on flights and yeah, I don't know, like, you know, I think, uh, got to evaluate each one case by case, but I'd welcome it, but I wouldn't say let, let's normalize it. Like let's make every single world cup, uh, a joint one. Like I'm, I'm all for keeping it in one country, but I mean, here and there, like one every 20 years, like, okay, make it a joint one. Sure. But like not every single one of them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's, 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 it's not even just about traditionalism. It's about actual like logistics. It makes it easier if it's in one country. It just makes it easier for people. You don't need to worry about extra visas and different things like that. Um, well, here, I'll give you guys one of mine. I, I had a, I have a whole bunch of things that I always need to get off my chest. That's kind of why that's literally the reason I do this is because it's just getting stuff off my chest. Um, and one that I, my, I, hopefully in the next 24 hours this weekend, I can finally do this. I want to do a reaction video to Antonio Conte's epic speech. Now, here's why I got to get this off my chest. For days, I have heard people on every podcast, whether it's, you know, the athletic soccer show or football show, whether they're based in England, the US, whether they're Spurs fans, whether it's talk sport, I don't care. Everybody has said he threw the club under the bus. I have re-listened to this interview. or the, He does not. He is literally just dogging the players the whole time. I do not hear one sentence where he clearly attacks the club. He does say, we have, with this owner, we have not won anything in 20 years. That's a basic fact. But he's not blaming. The, like, if you listen to it, you're like, he's not blaming the club. But I think people like... The fact that his accent is a little funny, his English can be a little broken, his pronunciation can be a little off, and I think people invented this idea that he ripped on the club specifically and that he should be fired for bringing the club into disrepute. I mean, this is something I've been hearing from people. He spoke so badly about the club. He just did a Ronaldo. It's like, no, Ronaldo sat down with Piers Morgan for two and a half hours and went, Man United isn't this, they ain't shit, they ain't that, they ain't this. Ferguson's gone. It hasn't gotten any better. The young players are just, they're lazy. I don't even know what the managers were. Like, that's what he did. Ponte just went all in on the players. Just all in on the players. And everyone seemed to imagine that now he's got to get fired because he spoke about the club in a certain way. That's, it's like, to me, the 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 inability to actually listen to what he was saying was phenomenal. And I have yet to hear anyone be like, I don't, I don't think he said that. I just haven't heard anyone say it yet. And I'm like, just listen to it. I don't know, do, what do you guys think about that? Did you guys hear it? Did you guys, what's your reaction to Conte's rant? Because people are blowing their tops about this. I, I, I just have to quickly ask you, do you feel, because we, 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 we spoke about Wayne Rooney just a couple of days ago and how he said that it, this is just a game, but he said that if he would have had the chance, he would have switched all the players at halftime. Um, is it wrong for coaches to be, I guess brutally honest. I mean, I, I, there's a balance, but I want to hear your take on that. I don't much care. I mean, I, I'm a Chelsea fan. I've seen Mourinho, Conte, Tuchel. Like, I've seen these guys at the club. And then, you know, contrast to like Ranieri, who we had right before Mourinho came in. Everyone brings their own thing, you know. They, they live and die by the way that they work. And so, whatever. I mean, I really don't care. I, I think that 
you also hear, look, how often do you guys hear this? I want to hear the manager call out the players, not individually by name, because that's not right. You got to, but if the players aren't giving it, come on, get in there. Say that the players aren't doing well. They say this all the time. Here's your greatest example of someone just torching the whole team and you guys hated it. I don't know. That that, that inconsistency to me is just mind blowing. I was just going to say, no, man, I totally agree with you. I saw Antonio Conte's uh, uh, conference uh, and I loved it. I loved how honest he was. And, you know, in a way, like, yeah, like results fall on a manager in regards to, yes, like, you know, when when losses happen, the first person that gets looked at is the manager. But I'm glad that he pointed out honest, straight facts that the team hadn't won anything under that pre under that president. And that there are players that don't play for themselves. I think that's something that I believe other coaches have mentioned too. And um, I don't know, like my only one thing is though, how does he bounce back from that? Like he can't just show up to the next training and be like, all right, guys, let's do sprints. Like be like, whoa, whoa, who are you talking about? Like if I'm a player, like we talk about me, like can we talk about this? And I just don't see how he can bounce back from that from a player perspective. Uh, but Hey man, I love the honesty and I love Conte for that. And I, that's, it's going to be epic and historic. That that's That interview is going to go down <laughs> for history. Well, look, I'll be honest with you. I think Oliver Kahn and uh, Sally Hamidzic have made the situation by flapping their butterfly wings, firing Julian Nagelsmann. They're going to bring in apparently Thomas Tuchel. I think Nagelsmann to Spurs is as obvious as it gets um had that not happened i would have said i don't see why you don't just bring conte just keep conte until his contract ends this summer he's got three months left on his contract just end it let let it get there don't hire him back no need to do this ryan mason business for the rest of the season but if now nagelsman is available it's an international break Feels like the best time to do that move. If 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 I'm in a Spurs position, that's what I would want to see. Because as a Chelsea fan, I I was thinking Nagelsmann's going to be eventually, eventually they're going to want to bring him here. And then it was Graham Potter instead. And so it's like, okay, well, let's see how that goes. But yeah, I think Bayern Munich may have kind of sped up this situation, right? Where maybe, because I have no doubts that Daniel Levy talked to Conte about that interview. And I can totally see Conte being like, well, listen to what I said. I mean, I didn't talk about you. Like, no, you didn't. You're right. You you threw the players under the bus. I've got no issues with it. Meanwhile, the whole press is on fire, you know, thinking he's got to sack him. How how does that feel for Daniel Levy? And it's like, you didn't say anything about me. You're good. You told me that, you know, we pay you. We do. We expect more. We do, you know. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see if Nagelsmann is the – I think I I give it a 50-50 chance that Nagelsmann is the Spurs boss by the end of the international window. It, yeah. It, Tottenham would be stupid to not be talking to him right now. That's what I would say. So He's not a bad coach. He's a very good coach. He just happened to go, go through the absolute meat grinder that is Bayern Munich. I mean... That's a tough club to coach at. It's just not easy. It's one of the one, all the major, major big clubs where expectations are insanely high. It's it's not easy. So I think Nagelsmann, he's great. I mean, dude, he's like thirty three years old, thirty four years old. Like, I think he's gonna he's gonna have a good career. He's gonna be good. So all right, guys. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. It's a it's a Friday afternoon evening. So 
we got to get things going. I got to go pick up some player cards for some games this weekend. Um, please go ahead and uh, give your give the soccer subs a shout out and just let people know why, especially now that you guys have uh, are focusing your work. Why why does it soccer subs needs to be listened to and paid attention to as well? Aside from your brilliant personalities and intelligence as usual. And and I, and this is a, I have to improve it actually saying hey Ronnie you go first on this one or Christian you go first on this this was something I am terrible at with podcasts I realize that every time I talk to you guys I'm like yeah I gotta do that better no 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 all good no all good uh, no Sebastian first of all thank you for having us uh, yeah our handles are Soccer Subs Radio on Twitter Soccer Subs Podcast on Instagram uh, mine is Ron on the mic on, on Twitter who I which I just recently made. But no, thank you. Thank you for all the support. And yeah, if, if anybody wants to tune into the Soccer Subs podcast, we are essentially covering NYCFC and the New York Red Bulls. But we are also trying to do a job at covering the league in regard to the visiting teams that come play us and kind of sp- shed a spotlight on those players, on what they're doing. And overall, we're just trying to help grow the league at this point. And it's been a fun two and a half years and um, hope hoping to keep on doing it for as long as we can. And uh, no, Sebastian. Thank you for all your support, man. We love you, like Christian said, and uh, yeah, hope to have you back. Have, hope to have you back on on our on our podcast and be back in the future. No, keep an eye out yeah. for when the Rapids play and play one of the New York teams. That's what we got to do. That's I, I well, that's what I was gonna say because I'm like, damn, I want to bring Sebastian uh, for one of the episodes, but damn, I don't I don't think we can ask him any other MLS teams questions. You know, like I don't know if he's watching the league. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we we missed uh, those conversations. I just want to say uh, again, thank you for always being present, being yourself, talk, you know, sending us a message or whatever. Sometimes I'm shy. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I just want to say hello. How was your week? I don't do it because, you know, I know you're busy. But uh, if there's one person that I enjoy talking to apart from Ronnie and the subs is you and yeah just shout out to you and shout out to the guys who couldn't make it uh, to today's recording but yeah we're doing it because we love this we're doing it because we also feel like we we might have some sort of influence in the teams that we love uh Vaz the other day told the manager like hey are you going to be switching the lineup so for some reason he did it and he calls himself Nostradamus. So uh, <laughs> if that, <laughs> if that made a difference, Nostradamus. <laughs> exactly, Nostradamus. So if you have some sort of way, like you can add to what the team is doing, you know, some sort of special thing, then then go ahead and do it. Do it for your team. If you're in Colorado, anywhere you are, uh, follow the team. We follow your local team and, and do it because you love it. And that, that, that's it. That's like, to me, that's the soccer subs as my, as an inspiration from my point of view, what I've seen you guys doing over the last two years with your podcast, all the people you've interviewed and what you guys have said tonight about like, okay, get out there fans. Like you also maybe don't wait on your owners to make something happen. Go and create a fan experience. You know, that's what we did. That's what soccer subs did. So, you know, for you guys, that's, that's a great message to give out to people is like, go and, get in, get involved, you know, get involved in the media side of it, get involved in the fan side of it, content side of it. And, and who knows, you can end up on uh you can end up with a microphone asking Jim Curtin questions and uh, in the press room next to ESPN and the New York times. So that's, I think that's, that's, that's a, that's the inspiration. I think that's one of the big reasons why I love having you guys on 
talk about that perspective and and yeah so look you guys enjoy covering the league keep doing what you're doing because it is very important for the game locally and um and yeah I, I do try and pay attention to the league like you said actually it's much easier to watch a, a lot of games now because of the apple tv deal than it was before so now i can actually follow the league and my team better than i could before so for the first time i'm this may be the most i've been involved in an mls season in years so which is cool i think that that's a win for for the league for what they've done and a win for us as well because now we can you know we can keep collabing when we need to 